wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I am the voice of the voiceless. Do I have everybody's attention now? Sorry about your damn luck. I deserve one more match. It's going to be the end of the world as you know it. And welcome back, folks, to Wrestle Rant Radio right here on EC Radio. Um, we're experiencing some technical difficulties here for a second. Uh, Seriously. Just, uh, wait a second. Is that good? Are we good here? Yes. I don't know. Okay. I think we're just, I don't know. Jeff put his phone down. Can you move your phone? Maybe yeah, that's I it. Might have done the I don't know. Something happened. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's the audio or something. I don't know. But anyway, folks, we're here on WrestleRant Radio on EC Radio. Um, coming off of Monday Night Raw last night. A lot of great stuff. So I'll be talking about that. Um, we got the Ultimate Warrior documentary. We'll be talking about that. And a whole bunch of other stuff here in the network. Um, the, the Legends Front House. One. Debut of Legends House last night. Or last Thursday night. We'll be talking about that. As well as... What else happened last night? Um, yeah, Monday Night Raw. And of course, we'll be talking TNA Sacrifice if we have time at the end of the show for some, for some uh, predictions and stuff like that. But uh, that being said, though, we Monday Night Raw last night. But of course, hours before the show went live with the unexpected passing of uh, Daniel Bryan's father... We weren't exposed to him on WWE TV at all. It's not like he was a familiar face at all. But um, Jeff was saying before the show that we had uh, he was on the WWE Network documentary for Daniel Bryan. I think he was on Total Divas at one point, like last I year. Or something. No, I don't remember. Yeah. Probably for the wedding, yeah. Something well, like that. Hasn't been on yet, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. But uh, anyway, though, it was still a good episode of Raw. It was a decent episode of Raw. But RJ has plenty to say about that, and we'll be getting to that in just a little bit. Um, but even still, though, I'll be very much looking forward to talking for this week's show. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, even before we get into Monday Night Raw, we got to talk about the Ultimate Warriors um, documentary that aired last week on the WWE Network. It was um, last Thursday, I think it aired. It was a special that aired for them. They did a whole Warrior Week on the WWE Network. Um, they had his greatest matches. They had the, uh, the Legends Roundtable or something along those lines. And on Thursday... They had an in-depth documentary on the Ultimate Warrior, which featured some footage from the uh, from his DVD that came out recently, which I bought over the weekend. Actually, by the way, I'm gonna watch that soon. But um, even still, though, we'll probably be watching. Uh, um, we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about um, Monday Night Raw. But even still, the, the documentary itself was very, very good. I highly suggest going out of your way to watch it. I think I fixed the audio problem, by the way. That was yeah, a little I weird. Think it was, I okay, think it was it too. the level was too high yep. or something like that. But uh, can, you can hear, though, through yeah, your headphones? Yeah, I can hear fine. Okay, yeah, we're good. Okay, problem's fixed, folks. But, uh, yeah, that being said, the Warrior documentary, like I was saying before, great, 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 great stuff. And um, definitely worth checking out, going out of your way to see. Awesome stuff. 
but um, they go in-depth about the steroid use of the Ultimate Warrior. They go in-depth about um, his falling out with WWE, I think, in 1996 when he left after the SummerSlam pay-per-view. All that kind of good stuff. So go out of your way to check it out. Even if you don't have the WWE Network, purchase it right now just to watch that alone. Personally, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, if not the best documentary I've ever seen. Um, it's not really a documentary. It's it's it's, it's it, I don't know. It's an hour-long special, I would say it was. But it was phenomenal. Even if you're not a Warrior fan, you might enjoy it. So it's subjective here, but best documentary I've ever seen. I thought they did a phenomenal job with it. But um, even before we go any further, we had... Jonathan on the line right now, Mr. WWE Report from YouTube, will be joining us for today's show. How's it going today, Jonathan? What's going on, guys? Nothing much, nothing much. And, of course, we'll be talking about Raw with Jonathan. But before we get into that, we'll be talking uh, Legends House, which debuted last Thursday night on the WWE Network. Um, Some really good stuff. I enjoyed it. It was, I think, how many years in the making? I know they filmed it, I think, in January of 2012, and it finally debuted all these years later. It was great stuff. Really, really enjoyed it. They had Hacksaw Jim Duggan on there, Tony Atlas, Hillbilly Jim, Howard Finkel, Jimmy Hart, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, Tony Atlas, you say? Tony Atlas. I think there's a few others. I can't remember them exactly. But uh, oh, Mean Gene Okerlund, I know, is another one. I think two more. But um, even still, that I really enjoyed it. Legends House has been a long time in the making. Um, they debuted it last Thursday night on the network. I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty much an introductory episode yeah. and stuff like that. They introduced that chick, Ashley. I had no idea who that was, and she was only around for like 10 seconds. But uh, for what it was, though, for a debut episode, I thought it was pretty good. Really enjoyed it. So what were your thoughts on it, uh, RJ? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, a nice like intro for a show that had been advertising for a couple of years. And um, I just liked how they brought the legends back. And I thought it was actually pretty funny. So Yeah. Yeah, so like I said, it was a nice introduction episode to kind of get people – um, accumulated to the characters if they don't know them. I mean, these are legends from like the 80s and stuff like that, so some people watching the network might not know who they are. But even still, though, I thought it was great, a nice first episode, so go out of your way to watch that. I think, based off the stat that WWE aired last night on Raw, I think it was the most watched program on the network it last was. week. Um, even more so than the Warrior documentary and WrestleMania. WrestleMania 30, and I think main event and some other things. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was great, so go out of your way to go check that out. Legends House debuting, or will be airing every Thursday night, I think at 8 o'clock, right before Impact. So if you like watching both, you can watch Legends House, or you can even watch NXT right after it, because they go hand-in-hand. Hand. So make sure to check that out if you haven't already. Great show, but that being said, we had Monday Night Raw last night, live from Baltimore, Maryland, three-hour show. Um, lots of ups and downs, extreme rules. To my surprise, is next Sunday. I thought it was in like mid May. I had no it's idea. Next Sunday? It's next Sunday because Extreme Rules usually is like six weeks after WrestleMania. It's like a month. No, no, this is a month after WrestleMania too, but usually last year it was in mid May and WrestleMania was at the same exact time yeah. last year as it was this year. So usually they build to it a little Jesus. longer than it. This month? Yeah, it it's going back quickly. I don't know. But, um, I feel like the schedule this year is a little messed up. It is messed up. I they didn't just, know. There's two in June, too. There, yeah, there's one in, at the start of June. They June have payback in June. June payback, and yep. then Money in the Bank's like the 29th or something. Yeah, in Boston, yeah. And then, uh, then the Battlegrounds in Battle July. Grounds? Yeah, I don't know why that's before yeah. SummerSlam. That's really weird. But, um, yeah, Extreme Rules, though, on paper, I think, is setting up to be a pretty good show. And yeah. um, now, although last night's Raw was not everyone's favorite show, of course, and RJ will get to that in a minute. Um, I thought they did a very solid job of building up extreme rules for ne- for the next couple of weeks. They've got Cena versus Bray Wyatt inside the steel cage, the Shield versus Evolution, and six man tag team action. 
Um, we've also got Paige versus Tamina Snuka for the Divas Championship. Um, Big E versus the winner of the tournament for the IC title. So we've got a number of matches on the card already. I'm looking forward to it. It looks to be a good show. Extreme Rules is o- almost always entertaining. I can't remember a bad Extreme Rules show. My only complaint about Extreme Rules is that that it goes against the theme of every match being extreme. The only extreme match that we have thus far is uh, is the cage match. And also the... Dan- Dan- the Dana Bryan was can match now. Yeah, that's Extreme Rules now. It's, that's been made an Extreme Rules match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. But aside from that, though, the other matches aren't really all that extreme. We have a handicap match with Rusev against Woods and Truth. I don't know how extreme that is. <sighs> but um, even still, though, uh, hopefully they add steps to those matches. Otherwise... And what someone suggested to me uh, a couple of days ago was that they move back, not backlash, but payback after WrestleMania, which makes the most sense if they're going to pull this again, and then move Extreme Rules to June, which was where it was originally um, a couple of years ago. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be uh, mad to see that happen. If anything, I would be very happy to see those two pay-per-views switch places because right now it doesn't make much sense to call it Extreme Rules if only two of the six matches currently advertised only have steps to them. So before we break down Raw segment by segment, the opening segment, the ending segment, we'll just let RJ just go off on a tangent here just so he doesn't uh, blow up in different segments of the show. We'll just let him air his dirty laundry over here on the show, air his grievances. Grievances? Grievances. A lot have, of them. Have him drop a pipe bomb, which is ironic because he's not a CM Punk fan. No. But um, even still, though, RJ, your thoughts overall last night on Monday Night Raw. I thought Laura last night was pretty bad. Pretty bad. It's pretty. It's not. That's like pretty bad. It's like that's like sugar coating. I thought easy. it was really yeah, bad. That was that was terrible. The the W champion was. I didn't see it, but he was on for like 10, 15 minutes, which makes no sense. He was gone for a week, so if anything, they should have better segment with him. Then he gets killed by Kane, who last time we saw him with a mask was a comedy skit with Daniel Bryan. Yep. It was a joke, and then he turned into the corporate Kane, and now he's a monster again. But somehow two weeks ago he was jobbing as the Shield, but now he's amazing, which I don't get at all. And now after that I'm going to go to Evolution, who I've seen, I grew up watching Evolution, who are always the badass guys, all highly dressed, high corporate people. Ric Flair, even though he's not there, I think it's tainted now that Ric Flair's not there because he kind of was like the mentor, but I just feel like this is a new, not good Evolution. doesn't like give you the same feel as Evolution, like they were... They were like the guys you fear. Like they didn't have to have eleven crappy heels come out on Raw and protect them against the Shield. Like they came out and beat people's asses. Yeah. And they were the, they were pro wrestling back in two thousand four, two thousand three. Yep. And I just think right now it's just pretty much like a crappy re up of Evolution. I think it's worse because they had DX come back, but they were actually still had the same vibe as DX did back in the day. But now this Evolution's kind of a tainted version which is kind of killing the product. And now that Batista is supposedly going to leave after Extreme Rules, what's the point of bringing Evolution back for one pay-per-view? If anything, they were going to do it one time. They should have done it at SummerSlam at a, and make it a good step so that it's actually marketable. And if they're going to wrestle the Shield one time, it's a waste of time. Well, for, what they're, for what's being rumored at the moment, this whole thing is being, I, I guess the whole goal of this feud at the moment is to put Roman Reigns over in a big way. For this... I think it should be the uh, the other way around, in my opinion. You do the singles matches and whatever, and then you build up this sexy six-man yep. tag team match of the Shield versus Evolution, a match I still highly anticipate. Um, but even still, though, I don't. I, I guess what they're trying to do here is do Triple H versus Roman Reigns, build that up to SummerSlam, which I don't know how they'll do because if you do this six-man at uh, you do this at Extreme Rules, like you said, Batista, 
It's not 100% confirmed, but from what's being rumored, he's taken time off after U- Extreme Usually Rules. if it's rumored, it's pretty true, too. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, no. I mean, it, it's... it's you, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt when it comes to the dirt sheets, but this seems like yeah. it's pretty likely. It's Batista. It's not like they're saying John Cena's turning heel next week, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But um, Batista taking time off does seem pretty likely, and I'm fine with that, but I just don't know where it leaves a lot of these top players going into the subsequent like, Where month. does this put Orton now that if Evolution's going to be done and Triple H is going to focus on Roman Reigns, what are they going to do with Randy Orton? Is he going to go in the same place that Sheamus... And yeah. Big Show have been the last couple of months. Like I feel it's so stupid that they brought Evolution back. I thought this would be a long feud they could maybe pull off until SummerSlam. Maybe have like Randy Orton fight Dean Ambrose or one or the other. But now they're just going to be one pay-per-view. Then they're going to like disband this whole feud. Randy Orton's too good to bury too. Like you gotta, you gotta. Exactly. Have he just had the, the World Heavyweight and WWE Championship for the last yeah. four which or five rocked. months. And yeah. Yes, but he rocked. And then all of a sudden he's going to go down to a mid card guy. Right. Like it's so stupid. I don't think he'll go down to a mid card guy because uh, he's not going to wrestle. In the, he could wrestle in the main event, but yeah. we've seen him versus Daniel Bryan a hundred times. A million. I don't want to see that feud again. But the only thing, the only reason why I say that is because if you really look at the top heels right now, we don't have many of them because right now we have Kane. We have Evolution. Well, I mean Kane, I guess. I don't know how long that's going to last. But we have Evolution, Batista, Triple H, Orton. Yep. Batista might be taking time off after Extreme Rules. Triple H is not a guy that will be wrestling on Raw every week. Yep. So I don't really technically count him. And then we have Bray Wyatt. And that's Cesaro. I don't really know where you put him because he's like on the... He's going to have to turn heel. He's not, well, I no. mean, he's, he's, he is he, heel. He is oh, heel. Yeah. He is heel, but so swagger. So it makes no sense because they're both heels. Yeah, but I don't think... Very swagger. We'll get to that in a moment, but I don't think they'll do that at Extreme Rules. I think they'll do Cesaro versus RVD. Because no, they're doing the match at SmackDown. They're doing him versus Swagger at SmackDown. And then that's the whole reason behind that that confrontation last night. From what I got out of it, because Paul Heyman was telling RVD. Uh, RVD that you can't beat him you know, without any shenanigans. Yeah, but what's the point of having them wrestle Extreme Rules then? Because Just, Cesaro wants to get his win over RVD. Just have him beat yeah, RVD at the pay-per-view. Because what else is he going to do? Face Swagger? And you said yourself that would be on the pre-show. But if anything, they should have... If they're going to go off the angle that RVD can't beat him fairly, they should definitely have him face Cesaro at Extreme Rules and then make it mean something. Like, if he beats RVD, then he fights whoever wins. The, the IC R- turn. The yeah. R- yeah, exactly. Make it meaningful. Who cares if he comes back and beats RVD? Yeah. No one. No, I know. I know what you mean. I think it'd be a very good matchup because last night, I think, last, last night's also, matchup... Also on that match, the fastest 10 count I have ever seen in a match. That was really strange. He literally too, yeah. counted one, two... Like, it was, the, it was ridiculous. Like, geez, make it more obvious that he's going to lose. Yeah. Once he started counting fast, I was like, this is so stupid. Yeah. So, Jonathan, what are your overall thoughts on uh, last night's Raw before we break it down segment by segment? Uh, all right. Well, like you said, the opening segment uh, with Daniel Bryan coming back... I just don't understand the whole thing with Kane putting Daniel Bryan versus Kane at Extreme Rules. I mean, does anyone actually believe that Kane could be WWE World Heavyweight Champion? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone sees that. And just the whole thing with him being with Daniel Bryan in the past then being corporate Kane and now all of a sudden coming back with the mask. Uh, I just don't understand that whole thing. Uh, now overall the show there wasn't really anything special just uh, hyping up Extreme Rules and all the matches uh, the ending uh, Bray Wyatt versus John Cena I just didn't get the ending whatsoever just the Wyatt family beating down John Cena and then just raw ending uh, no, it's no special thing happening to, uh, to cap off and end the show 
Well, we'll target this first at the opening segment involving Kane and Daniel Bryan and, and the uh, controversy surrounding Kane versus Daniel Bryan. And this is a match people have been pitching for a number of weeks now because a lot of people assumed yeah. coming out of WrestleMania that uh, we'd see yeah. this match at Extreme Rules. He, I can see where he says, like, why would Kane be in a feud? But literally, there's no one. With the evolution no one versus the Shield and Bray Wyatt was seen, and there literally is no other heel that they could possibly put against Daniel Bryan. I right can now. see why they're doing it, and... A lot of people don't agree with it. I'm not saying I'm looking forward to it and I'm all for it, but I can see why. It, first of all, why it makes sense, and I'm not. I'm not going to hate on this matchup if only because their matches aren't terrible. Mm-hmm. Brian and Brian and King work well together. They have good chemistry. They're not like CM Punk, John Cena matches, or you know, name an amazing match or whatever. And you know what I mean. Like they yeah. don't have. Great chemistry, you know what I mean? Yeah, but they have exactly. good chemistry. Exactly. They have solid matches. The extreme rules stipulation will only help it for yeah. one thing. Because last night's opening segment I thought was great in putting heat back on Kane. Because if you're going to build back up Kane, if, I know we, no one takes him seriously as a threat. We all agree on that. But if you're going to try to build him back up, that's the best way to do it. By having him beat the living crap out of Daniel Bryan. And I initially was complaining about this on Twitter last night because Bryan wasn't able to say anything. But uh, I think it's... I think it's quite obvious at this point in time that he wasn't... I guess he didn't want to say anything, or they didn't want to have him say anything, if only because his father passed away. I guess maybe he wasn't... Because he came down, he obviously did not look well. Because he, he was crying when he was walking down to the ring. He was still obviously broken up about his father's passing. So I'm okay with him not saying anything. But um, Kane not being seen as a threat... And I, I like Masked Kane better, but I agree with what you guys were saying in that, and a lot of people have said this, in that the last time that we saw Kane with that mask on, same exact look, didn't change anything yep. about his look at all. And if you're going to go back to being masked Kane, maybe bring back the other mask or uh, change got, up his look yeah, or I was going to go with that. Like, even though The Undertaker has been phenom, badass, phenom again, he's never changed the character. Never, been, He's always been the dead man. Ne- yeah. Always been like... A, like the same guy like it's never been like different now that came to comedy how can people all of a sudden take him serious again yeah it's kind of like Abyss and TNA it's like yeah, the exact exactly. same thing yeah, but it is. obviously it's the two different it's the same character kind of but the whole just, thing Eric Young and Abyss yeah. is like the equivalent to what they're doing exactly with but Kane, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just like I said they already broke his character so how can he be funny comedy and now all of a sudden he's a monster again which makes zero sense and I think it's also stupid that they had him kind of like come out of nowhere and attack him. Yeah. They're going to build him as a monster. He should have just came right down the ramp. Daniel Bryan should have got somewhere in offense instead of just getting absolutely killed by him. Yeah. Like, make an attempt. Like, he comes through the crowd. Like, that's well, so stupid. Well, for one thing, in, in the segment's defense, I think the, the crowd res- responded well to this. They were very into the attack from Kane. They were very sympathetic towards Daniel Bryan. I agree that he should have gotten more offense than he did. But um, and I don't think this is a burial of Brian or anything dumb no, like that. Yeah. It's just building came back up as a monster. Brian, I, it was to get him off TV for the rest of the night. And we'll talk about this real quick too, because with the unexpected passing of Daniel Bryan's father, who knows what this Raw would have looked like? And I didn't really think about this last night, but a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, this is a major rewrite of Raw," and it very well might have been. But um, Cena and Wyatt hasn't main evented Raw in a number of weeks, so I'm fine with that closing the show, and we'll get to that in a little while too. But um, Daniel Bryan, with him being taken off the show last night, didn't say a word, had his honeymoon last week, wasn't on the show at all last week, and he was the star of the show the night after WrestleMania. So now reports are saying that Daniel Bryan might not even be on next week's show. When I'm not going to like, oh, why isn't he on next week's show? I mean, if he has to deal with his father's passing and the funeral and that kind of stuff, that's fine. But I mean, if they're going to have him take the week off... Be just because to sell the attack, doesn't that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, but they can't sell the attack as Extreme Rules is on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Some people, uh, the reports are saying that he'll take the weekend, uh, weekend live events off, which is fine. But he has to show up on Raw in some form or fashion because 
For one thing, he's a champion. So if he misses one raw, okay. He misses two raws. Now he he'll, now he'll miss two raws, and this is a good. The thing way. is, I don't think he'll miss two raws because he'll probably bury his father and have all the services this week, anyways. Yeah. If he died over the weekend, they're not going to bury that out for two weeks. They'll probably have the funeral on that later in this week. Yeah. And I think he knows now that he's a tough guy, even though like stuff that did happen, like he has to be, like you have to be there. Yeah. And I, I think it's also stupid. Like they got to build a match. If he was gonna get this whole push, they should probably like move the wedding to a later, later date when he didn't have the championship instead of having. He kind of like seems like he's a part timer, like he's there sometimes. He's there. Well, yeah, it's like the Rock it's, being exactly. It's, and then nothing I know against the, him. I mean, I know like. I'm not going to say, like, he can't, like, not miss Rock because his dad died, but, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just kind of the vibe, like... It's just bad like, timing. Yeah, exactly. It's really bad timing. It's bad timing, but... Yeah. I don't he know. I think... He rushed a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. exactly, but... This has been a roller story. coaster for the last few weeks, you yeah. know, yeah. for Daniel Bryan. It's not like he'll... Oh, he won't appear in Ross. So let's take the title off him. It's, yeah, exactly. They're not going to take the title off him. He's exactly. fine. So, uh, Jonathan, I want to get your quick thoughts on this as well. Um, so, your thoughts on Daniel Bryan potentially not being on next week's Raw. He's be on and Raw. Uh, if he'll be on Raw, your thoughts and um, the matchup with Kane, so your further thoughts on that as well. Uh, well, like uh, RJ said, he's the champion, and all the stuff going on uh, now, I mean, missing a lot of events this weekend, obviously, but uh, he should be able to uh, to be on Raw Monday. I mean, he is the champion. Uh, sadly, these things do happen. I mean, uh Nothing like this has happened in my life, so uh, don't get me wrong. But um, Daniel Bryan, he just has to be on Raw Monday, especially with Extreme Rules being on Sunday. I mean, maybe do something like The Rock used to do via satellite, I mean, if anything. But uh, we have to see Daniel Bryan on Raw, and uh, like you said, in any uh, form or fashion. Yeah, because this isn't the first time they did this either. They did this a few weeks before WrestleMania. Remember when he sold the attack but from Triple H yep. and then he didn't show up until the end of Raw and the yep. final Raw before WrestleMania? So maybe that's what they do last week. Maybe they tease up that uh, that he won't be on Raw and he shows up at the end of the show and beats up Kane. I don't know. They'll do something. He has to be on the show in some way because they got the pay-per-view on Sunday. And, I mean, the, the, the attack on Brian was very strong and I enjoyed it. And they did a very good job of building up the feud. But that's not enough. They got to do something next week, and Kane beating the heck out of our truth or something isn't going to cut it. They need to do something to build up this feud. You know what I mean? So that that was the opening segment. Oh, and we'll talk about this real quick too. Another aspect of the segment some people didn't understand. I didn't really care for this all that much. Or this is kind of nitpicking things. But uh, RJ, I'll start with you. Do you think it was pointless to have Brie Bella out there because she didn't really do anything? She wasn't abducted or kidnapped or whatever. Do you think her presence out there wasn't really needed, or do you think? Doesn't matter. I don't think it does. I don't think it matters at all. But if anything, they should put her in a storyline with with Stephanie McMahon. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. that'd obviously be good. But like, I think she was out there just like to console him. Yeah, like, I, I think well, it'd be cool. And like sell like Kane monster like yeah. scream and yell like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I don't want to see it. Like I, I don't want to see Brie Bella versus Stephanie or anything. But I mean, I guess if they incorporate Brie Bella into the storylines, it'd be cool because we know, obviously, from Total Divas and the fact they've acknowledged it time and time again, that they are indeed married. She's a diva, so there's really no reason not to incorporate her into the storylines. So I'd, I would love to see that. Um, just like I, I crossed the line like when last year when they were going to do Bella versus Bella, when they were doing the Brian versus Cena storyline, they were going to do a Bella storyline. That was dumb. So I'm glad they didn't go with that. But 
As long as I mean, this, this isn't that though. This is her versus like the the one of the faces of the company, like behind the scenes, and Stephanie McMahon. So I think that's pretty cool. I think so. it's, I think it's also good that she's in the storyline because right now she's not really doing anything. Yeah, anything. Brie Bella or Steph? Brie Bella. Brie Bella right? Okay, yeah. yeah. She's not doing anything. Yeah, she's not in the title chase or anything. So. She won't be because Paige is champion anyway. So, Jonathan, I'll ask you this real quick, too. Do you think Brie Bella's presence last night during the opening segment of Raw was necessary or does it not really matter to you either? Well, I could agree it didn't quite matter. But, I mean, with her being out there and nothing happening, uh, as of yet, anyway, it doesn't seem, uh, it didn't seem uh, reasonable to have her out there unless, like you guys said, she will be incorporated into the storyline soon. But uh, just being out there and not being attacked by Kane uh, in any way, it seemed like at one point uh, distracting Kane, allowing Daniel to get back up. But um, other than that, there wasn't. Uh, I didn't see a reason for her being out there. Yeah, I thought it was a nice touch to have Brie Bella console Daniel Bryan, but as far as the whole Kane attack thing, I didn't think it was... Uh... I, it didn't bother me, but yeah, I just didn't think it was necessary. Yeah, totally not necessary. Yeah, it wasn't really all that necessary, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, but we'll move on now to the uh, the Intercontinental Championship Tournament. We had the semifinals match last night. Both matches I thought were really good. The match of the night to me was uh, Sheamus versus Bad News Bear. I thought that was an excellent matchup. They always work well together, that, so that didn't really surprise me. I thought that was great. And um, they also had Cesaro versus RVD, which I thought would be better than it was. It was a little clunky at spots. Like RVD, at one point in the match, he jumped out of the ring to Cesaro. And it looked like he hit Cesaro, but I guess he hit him with an uppercut. And the, and the commentators were like, oh, oh, Cesaro reversed it. Like, it was weird. So I don't, that was confusing to me. And then RVD picking up the win. So, and I picked Cesaro to win the tournament, so um, I, I was wrong there. But, uh, and I'm fine with Bad News Barrett winning if that is indeed the case. And we'll get to that in a minute. But um, this is uh, and they had Swagger interfere to distract Cesaro, and we talked a little bit about this at the start of the show in regards to what they'll do at Extreme Rules with Cesaro, with RVD, with Swagger, and we'll get into that in a minute. But um, Jonathan, I'll start with you. What are your initial thoughts? You know, what are your current thoughts on the Intercontinental Championship Tournament and the finals match next week between Bad News Barrett and RVD? Who's your pick to win? Uh, well, first off, like you said. Uh, originally, my pick was Cesaro, uh, but now the whole thing with Swagger coming in, uh, that's either going to set up Cesaro versus Swagger, but most likely setting up Cesaro versus Rob Van Dam, uh, following Jack Swagger's uh, interference with Cesaro, Rob Van Dam winning, the whole thing backstage going on there. Uh, but uh, Sheamus and Barrett had a great match. Uh, like you said, they both really worked great together. Sheamus really stepped up last night going up against Barrett. And uh, Barrett did win, so uh, right now it looks like Barrett will pick up an easy win against Rob Van Dam next week, go into Extreme Rules, and most likely uh, win the title. I was very surprised because when Bad News Barrett first came back, he looked like he was going to be like the, the whole Bad News Barrett gimmick is like a low-card gimmick. I love Bad News. I love Wade Barrett. I'll say that much. I love Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett. World champion material, in my opinion, has been for years now. They've underutilized this guy for, for years and years and years. And I don't want to get my hopes up because they've done so many start and stop pushes with this guy. It's ridiculous. Like, if he wins at Extreme Rules, yay, it's all nice and good that he's IC champion, but they put the title on him the last time and he bombed. Like, he lost every single match. So I hope that this time is this hundredth time's a charm with this guy, Wade Barrett. But I was, I, I guess they have hope, but they have faith in Barrett because. 
Otherwise, they wouldn't have given him a clean win over Sheamus, of all people, which was unheard of. I mean, Batista beat Sheamus clean, but aside from that, Sheamus hasn't taken too many clean losses in the last few, uh, since he turned babyface a few years ago. So I thought the match was great. Bad news, Barrett. Um, I don't see bad news winning a world title. Maybe if he goes back to Wade Barrett. But I will say this, though. I'm not a huge fan of the gimmick, and I, and I haven't been from the start because the whole use of it has been strange. But uh, when he first said, I've got some bad news for you, it was over with the live audience. They reacted to it. They responded, and they recited the line with Wade Barrett. So that's a good sign that the act is getting over. But, RJ, your thoughts on the tournament, your thoughts on we'll – we'll start with Sheamus versus Barrett, and we'll talk about Cesaro and RVD in a minute. So your thoughts on that, and who's your pick to win the title uh, – the, the title tournament next week. Well, the only thing I saw from the Sheamus uh, Wade Barrett match oh, yeah, you was didn't catch the, the I saw the bull yeah. hammer. That yes, was the finish. I saw, yeah. That's the only thing I saw. I saw the finish. So I can't really yeah. comment on that, but uh, – this is awesome, Chance. That was surprising. Yeah, Shazaro and the RVD match was kind of. I don't think they. I don't know. I feel like they didn't I feel have like a good. They held chem- back, yeah, man. I don't I think know. they had like good chemistry in the ring. I feel like it was kind of awkward at times. And then Swagger coming out, and then the whole ten count. Yeah, I kind of thought it was like kind of like a cheap win. If anything, I could see him beating Swagger on on SmackDown, and maybe yeah. like somehow incorporating him into tri- into like a triple threat on Monday, and whoever yeah. wins that. Goes IC title, and maybe he wins that and then faces Big E. Yeah. Because I feel like no one would care if Bad News Barrett was the IC title. Yeah. I feel like after him winning the Andre the Giant Memorial, he has to, like, win something. Like, they can't just give it to him and just, like, not do anything with him. We'll talk about Cesaro right now, too, because he's in a very weird position. Because, like, during the backstage segment uh, specifically... Um, who was saying it? I think RVD was saying it about Paul Heyman, like, don't trust this guy with your money, your checkbook, whatever else, because this guy will backstab you. And it's weird because they've only been together for like two weeks, and I love the pairing of Heyman and Cesaro. I think it's great. They have great chemistry, but I think they should have done this like a year ago and instead, instead of the whole Real Americans thing, which I thought, they're a great tag team in my opinion. I know Jeff isn't a huge fan or wasn't a huge fan. <laughs> but and I love that tag team, but... um. It wasn't the uh, – I, I think that if they put him with Heyman earlier, then it would have been better for Cesaro. He could have been a single star a lot earlier than he has been. He would have gotten er- over earlier. But um, it's weird because the fans were cheering him like just a few weeks ago. And th- when he came out last night to that weird entrance music, that generic music, it was really odd. Like they don't know whether to cheer him or boo him or what. Because like when RVD won, they didn't boo – like they didn't cheer. They, they kind of booed. They were disappointed because they want Cesaro to win. So – I don't know. I think him. I think if Barrett wins the title, that's okay. They just got to book him nicely. Like with Biggie, I said this last week. But whoever's champion, it doesn't matter if it's if it's Cesaro or Bad News Barrett or Yoshi Tatsu. They just got to book these people better. You know what I mean? I don't think it does matter who's champion, but it's just a matter of the booking of yeah. these people. Sometimes it's not the person themselves. But um, and and I think Curtis Axel was an exception. I mean, his personality kind of hindered him during his run. But whatever. That's another story for another day. So, um, yeah, RJ, I'll get your thoughts real quick on this, too. What are your thoughts on the, the whole Cesaro thing? Do you see him turning babyface? I mean, I guess they could do him versus Barrett for the title down the line, but I don't know. What are you, what I don't are you know. I, like you said, I feel like he's in like kind of a weird state right now. With the, I feel like the entrance music kind of like threw me off way that too was, much. That was, I don't know. Like it was like a siren. And I hope it's like, temporary, I hope, to be I honest hope with so. you. I feel like it just kind of like threw his character. I don't. <laughs> I think I think it kind of just like threw off the crowd. Like They're like, what is going on here? 
I was like, I thought I was like a new guy at first. Yeah, like, that's what I this? thought too. That's what I thought. And then too. out comes Cesaro, and I was like, Jesus. Lady Tapas in WWE, folks. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that if he doesn't win the IC title, then it's just a, what's the point of him winning the Under Giant more? I feel like they've already threw away the fact that he won it. Well, that was just to, feel, that was just to separate him from uh, Swagger. Yeah, but like. still, it do, it doesn't matter. Like he wins this, he instead of Paul Heyman keep mentioning that he won it. They're still talking about Lesnar beating the streak, which I still think is good how they keep like making they keep beefing up Lesnar even though he's not there. I think it's stupid how they don't keep saying how Cesaro won the Andre Giant Moore, so I feel like it's all of a waste of time and no one even remembers he won because they don't even they don't even bring it up because he broke the trophy the first week he had it and they don't even care anymore. The whole Cesaro character if he does not win the IC title, well, is literally going to be a big failure. I feel no, like. I completely agree on the Paul Heyman thing. He's excellent on the mic. His promo is very entertaining. But and I'm fine with them mentioning the whole Brock Lesnar thing because it kind of the, the streak ending was huge. One of the biggest stories in years. But they need to make it relevant that he won that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, they're making Cesaro seem like second fiddle to Brock Lesnar. Well, he, he is. He is. But I mean, <laughs> you shouldn't say that. You know what I mean? Like they should definitely play up the fact that he won the Battle Royal. So you know they, you know they boost up his achievements. I completely agree with that because Brock Lesnar is not here, and I guess he won't be here for the next few weeks or Perfect. at least until SummerSlam. So I don't know what they'll do with Brock Lesnar. But um, in terms of Cesaro, though, I don't know what they'll do with him. They just got to boost him up, and his match with RVD wasn't great. But and we were talking about this a little earlier on, but. And a lot of people were upset that they're not doing Swagger versus Cesaro at Extreme Rules because when it was announced for SmackDown, I saw some people like, oh, why aren't they doing this at the pay-per-view? Because I know RV, uh, RJ was saying before that a win over RVD wouldn't be huge, but I think a win over RVD, over a face in RVD, would be better than a win over Swagger a heel. I think more people would care about the match, the match would be better, and that um, Cesaro might get more out of it. I know it's not going to give him like the boost of yeah. the world. And then after that, he can move on to the IC title chase. He could face Bad News Bear or even Big E if he wins. I don't know. But um, he doesn't. I don't think the fact that he won the Battle Royal doesn't mean he needs to win the IC title. But he definitely needs to be put in something meaningful. So as long as he's put in a feud with RVD for the next few weeks, that's okay. And then after that, he can go on to face with feud with whoever else. Because we were talking about this last week. What do they do with John Cena after the after the Bray Wyatt feud? Can you do Cesaro John Cena? They had a great match a couple, you know, a couple months ago. Would you like to see that? I would like to see it, but I don't know what they do with it. Like, how do you start a storyline between Cena? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They just got to be creative. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. I think if anything, they'll draw uh, Cena versus Bray Wyatt till after payback. Yeah, until Bray Wyatt will probably beat him at Extreme Rules, and they'll get their payback match. Yeah. 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 Get that one last match out of him, the rubber match. To be honest, I hope that you've got to end soon. I'm tired of that match. It's getting weird. It's getting weird. Last night was was weird. weird. We'll get to that too. We'll get to that too. Then the main event segment because we have a lot of we have a lot to talk about that too. But uh, Jonathan, I want to get your thoughts on this real quick. Um, from basically from what we were just talking about, what do you see happening in Extreme Rules? Do you see the uh, the Swagger Cesaro match on SmackDown going to a no contest or something to set up an Extreme Rules match at the pay per view, or would you rather see, or do you see RVD versus Cesaro being to extreme added being added to Extreme Rules instead? Uh, well, Cesaro is in a pretty sticky situation along with uh, the whole creative angle that they're going with. Um, now, Cesaro versus Swagger, a lot of people obviously have been uh, wanting that for a couple months now, actually. Um, and uh, I'd rather it be Cesaro versus Swagger. I mean, Cesaro, as being built right now, is uh, more dominant than both Rob Van Dam and Swagger. So uh, I see Swagger going up against Cesaro uh, this Friday on SmackDown. Um, 
Cesaro either winning uh, it being a no contest or maybe something like uh, Rob Van Dam coming out, which seems very uh, very slim chances of happening. But uh, I don't know. This is a pretty tough uh, situation uh, with the whole Cesaro thing. But um, if you don't mind me uh, saying, last night during the Paul Heyman uh, promo, if you guys noticed, it went a commercial in the middle of him yep. talking. Yeah. And uh, then, he, then he tweeted uh, a picture that said, this is what happened during the commercial, and it showed Paul Heyman sitting down like uh, like CM Punk used to do. Yeah. I didn't, see, now, I didn't uh, see the picture, yeah. No, go ahead. I'm just uh, confused on uh, if he was like, I don't know why he did that because of the whole CM Punk thing, and uh, I just don't understand that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's okay. It's not like they were burying CM Punk. It's the same thing that he did a couple months ago when uh, in Chicago. Because they mentioned CM Punk like he didn't break the streak or something like that. They, refer- they yep. referenced him as the Paul Heyman guy who didn't break the streak. It was during commercial break. I don't think... I don't, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. I'm not dying for them to mention it. And they did, they acknowledged the situation. They moved on. They're not chanting for CM Punk anymore. Like when the whole John Cena sucks and, or uh, let's go Cena, CM suck, or John Cena sucks, or something like that. Cena sucks. They're not saying CM Punk anymore, which is good. Because um, that was annoying. Because CM Punk left. We, you know, we don't need to get into the whole thing about this. But um, I thought that was fine. It was during commercial break, so I didn't see the picture. But that was interesting, though. But um, if it was during commercial break, Paul Heyman, CM Punk's friend, so it's not like he was taking a jab at him. They talk all the time, apparently, because Paul Heyman did an interview with, uh, I think, Sam Roberts a couple weeks ago. He said they text all the time and stuff like that. So it was really nothing notable. But, yeah, I thought that, I thought that was pretty interesting as well when I heard about that. But um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, oh, the Divas, because we were talking about, well, Jonathan was mentioning this to me before. But um, we're going to go out of our way to talk about this, and RJ has a bit of uh, some ranting thoughts on this as well. So last night we saw two Divas matches, one of which was Emma versus Layla. So this never-ending feud between Emma and Santino and Fandango and her and his new valet and Layla continued last night. The match itself was fine. Layla's a very good worker. Emma's a very good worker. They're both good workers. The match itself was good. I just don't. I, I'm just not a fan of how they're utilizing Emma. Layla, I, I'm okay with because they're not going to do anything with her regardless. So her with Fandango is okay, like whatever. But um, the fact that um, they're utilizing Emma in this role is disgusting. Yeah. So, uh, Jonathan, I'll start with you first, and I'll get to your yeah. ranting thoughts next, RJ, because I know Jonathan wanted to discuss this. So, uh, Jonathan, what are your thoughts on the Emma versus Layla match last night, the whole feud with Santino and the whole Cobra sex hand thing last <laughs> night that they had going on last night, and uh, your thoughts on the how they're utilizing Emma at the moment? <laughs> Uh, well, this whole thing is, uh, is pretty pointless. Yep. Um, they need to find something better for Emma. They need to find something better for Fandango. When he, uh, the whole thing, they he was so hyped, uh, when he first was going to debut. It was big at first, the whole crowd thing, the Fandangoing, and look at him now, he's shooting with Santino, and just, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, Emma, she's uh, a great diva. Uh, she could be huge in the upcoming months, next coming uh, weeks even. But they just have to change the direction that she's in. And uh, with Layla, Layla's a great diva as well. But uh, the whole thing with Fandango dumping Summer Rae, I don't understand that, especially with Summer Rae. I don't know what's, what's next for her even. 
I'm fine with, uh, with with Fandango, how they're utilizing him. Uh, the, the difference between Emma and uh, Fandango, and I mean, Emma's gimmick kind of limit not limits her, but she has that goofy gimmick to begin with, so I could see why they're like, oh, let's put two and two together and put Santino together with her. But um, with Fandango, he had a limited gimmick to begin with, so I don't see him yeah. being anything big. He, like we said last week, very good worker. I'm a fan of Johnny Curtis. Yeah. It's not, I'm not saying this because I'm not a fan of Fandango, just... And a feud between him and Santino doesn't surprise me, to, to be his honest. His gimmick limits who he can wrestle with. Exactly, exactly. So it's just the use of Emma in this entire thing that really bothers me the yeah. most. Makes no sense. And Santino is beyond stale to the point. Oh, like, my God. There's nothing that... What else can he possibly do? The, the people don't care about him. Yep. They don't care about Hornswoggle and Torito. I, I don't even know if we'll have time to rant about this. Because the, react, the, match, the, uh, the reaction to the match... Awful. <laughs> the match, the reaction to the match they had last night was, and they even had one on the main event like ten minutes ago, like an hour ago. No one cared then either. But that's that's a whole other rant. But with Emma though, she's very very talented. I'm hoping this is only temporary. They put her in the Divas title picture or something, because the way they're using her right now is ridiculous. Because this whole thing with Santino is a complete waste of her talent, and she's getting over too. Like the whole Emma dance thing. I mean, people like that. That's not huge or anything. It's not as big as Fontaine yeah. was, but it's getting over gradually. But being put with Santino just is. Mind-boggling. So, RJ, you ranting thoughts. I think thoughts. it's so stupid that she's with Santino. I think it's so dumb. She has a she's a great worker. She has great move set. She can get the crowd going, but then they stick her with stupid Santino, who we've seen the same stupid gimmick the last three years. The Cobra's the seven dumbest. years. He's been exactly the stupid Cobra. I do not know how anyone can get beat by that, but that's beside the point. And then now they have her with her own Cobra. And then the whole sex thing with the Cobra, which is so stupid. <laughs> they literally need to let... Like, I don't care if she's, like, wrestling other divas, but they... At least need, she's on her own. Exactly. They can, They need to get rid of her with fun, with uh, Santino, because it is the stupidest thing ever, and they're underutilizing her talent, pretty much. Like, she could have a good match with the Bellas, and we've seen plenty of good matches with her on NXT with Paige. Absolutely. She's had some great yeah. matches on NXT with Paige. Absolutely. I'd rather see her on NXT wrestling... Actually, good match than seeing her on Raw with some stupid segment with Santino. The match with Layla was good. It was. It was good, not yeah. like it wasn't a bad match, but once she pulled out the Cobra, no, everything behind it was yes. Dumb. Once the, the Cobra line. came out, yeah. I was like, Jesus, not like they're making this <laughs> even worse than it already was. They also only face Fandango and whoever. Yeah, exactly. At least, and then Emma wins every time. The pin, like the, the she pins every time. Santino versus Fandango, then she pins the other girl. Yeah, <laughs> I, the only good thing about her being with Santino, at least she's getting airtime. At least she's not one of the divas like not getting used at all. Yeah. She is getting used, but not right. Yeah. She should be on her own wrestling good divas and that should be it. We've seen her and Paige wrestle. They had had great match on NXT. She's wrestled other girls on NXT and had great matches. She can get good matches. I think eventually she will feud with Paige. But right now they're not using her correctly. And that's pretty much it. No, yeah, I completely agree. And going back to the Summer Rae thing, too, I think it's fine that she, that they replaced her with Layla. Because Summer Rae, I think, would be very good on her own. She proved that on Total Divas. Yeah, but what are they going to do with her now? Well, for right now, it's not like they, they broke her away from from, Danga, from Frondango and now they're not using her. Apparently, uh, based off the uh, the leaked script from last week that, that leaked online, she's off filming the Marine 4 with The Miz and she'll be gone for a month. So when she comes back, she'll, sucks, she'll be doing something when, he, when, uh, when she gets back from the inactivity. So um, what they do with her, I don't know. If they do her versus Paige, maybe she, maybe she comes back and brings the BFFs to the main roster, yeah. you know. 
Sasha and Charlotte. I'd be fine with that. You know, bring the NXT storylines to the main roster. Get rid of Rosa Mendez. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oxana. You do that. Yeah, you can ask plenty of the divas. You do that until uh, AJ comes back, which I think they should give her another month off or so. You can even, I said this in my video yesterday, but you can wait until SummerSlam to do that matchup. I think it's very fine. I don't think they need to rush into doing it in that uh, at payback or money in the bank. It's a big matchup, so they can wait to do that. So um, we got 15 minutes left. We got two or three topics left to talk about. So I just don't. Want, we're, we're, we are going to be talking about Johnson and Bray Wyatt. That whole shenanigan thing. We'll be talking about that in just a minute because it was the main event of the show. But I do want to take a few minutes to talk about this. Cody Rhodes and Goldust might finally be feuding with each other because after last night's Raw or on last night's Raw, they faced the Usos non-title matchup. Lost in about three minutes or so after the matchup. Cody Rhodes walked off on Goldust. And that was the end of that. So, and I was complaining about this last week that the reason why they these they lose these random matches for no apparent reason makes no sense unless they're going to build towards a split. And now they finally are. So, and I didn't think it would happen because I know Goldust said at one point in time he only wanted the match to happen at WrestleMania. And um, I think they could have done it at WrestleMania had they sped this process up and not built towards it. Because right now no one cares because they're not as hot as they were a few months ago. But um, even still, RJ, I'm going to get your thoughts. On the whole Cody Rhodes Goldust thing, and I, I, before you go, I just want to say that Goldust I think should be the heel. Yeah. And I think he might get the better reaction, the better uh, nostalgia reaction. But Cody Rhodes is the face, or a, a future face of the company, in my opinion, future champ, in my opinion. I think he be, could. I think be he could be. I think he would be a world heavyweight champion. I don't know if face of the company. But no, 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 no. That's not yeah. what I meant. No, no. Future world champ is what I meant. Yeah. No, not face of the. No, that's not yeah. what I meant. But um. Um, I, a few, one of the future faces of the company, like in yeah. one, you know what I mean, like Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns. So, um, so I think he has a very bright future. Goldust should be the one to turn heel, in my opinion, because Cody Rhodes is a heel for like five years before he finally turned last year. So going back to that, and he was a good heel, but I think he has potential as a baby face too. So, um, your thoughts on them potentially breaking up and feuding? The only good thing about them potentially feuding is that there would be an actual storyline that for the mid card they'd actually beef up a pay per view and yes. actually have meaning to it. Yes. Instead of seeing these stupid matches that no one cares about because they have no mean to, this would actually have a good storyline. Two brothers finally breaking up and finally going against each other that we've been waiting for for a while. Yes. And to actually give the mid card a beef up for something that we'd actually care about, a nice storyline, and it would actually make good pay-per-view and good TV. All I ask is that they not pull another Miz and Kofi on these guys, and by that I mean, because remember when the Miz turned heel last November on Kofi? They had a match six days later on the pre-show that meant nothing, and they had a random feud that meant nothing, and the matches meant nothing, but... Um, I don't think they'll do that, but... I, no, no, I mean, but I just don't hope they rush this by having them face each other on the pre-show, because this is a big match, because a lot of people, myself included, have been waiting for this for, like, three years now, since, like, 2011. It's a big match. It's brother versus brother. Goldust has... He doesn't have a lot of stroke in the company, but, I mean, he's a veteran. I don't think he would allow that match to be put in the pre-show of all places, you know what I mean? He can't do anything about it, though. He can't do anything about it, but I think he'd be, I don't know, I think it's disrespect for him not to put it in the pre-show. They were the hottest acts in the company, like, three months ago, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think they deserve better than that. But I definitely agree with you, RJ, in that that, uh, it's a good feud for the mid-card that isn't over a championship, so that's awesome. So um, here's hoping they continue to go through with it. And even if Cody Rhodes turns heel, it's fine, as long as they're feuding, and the match would be very good, too. Yeah. So, uh, Jonathan, your thoughts on the potential breakup and feud from Cody Rhodes and Goldust? Well, this is going to be a, a great feud. Like uh, like you said, I and many others have been looking forward to this for a very long time. 
and uh, it didn't seem like it was going to happen, but uh, obviously now it is, and it should be a, a great feud. Cody Rhodes is a great superstar. Uh, I like him as a face. Uh, like you guys said, he uh, he could be a top WWE superstar in the next in the next few months, even, uh, but definitely in the next couple years. Uh, tons of talent in him, but uh, Cody Rhodes and Goldust could turn out to be a great feud. Now I don't know how long this will last. Probably till a till a pay per view, and then break off. But then I don't understand what they're going to do after that. Like the whole tag team breakup, like we've seen in the past. Titus O'Neil, Darren Young. Look at them now. Um, Tons of funk, yeah. Titus O'Neil. We see uh, we see Titus just losing like he did uh, like an hour ago on main <laughs> event to Sheamus. Just yeah. been losing. So and Darren Young hasn't even been on. Apparently he got uh, injured at a house yeah. show or something. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I'm thinking. They're a great tag team, but I mean, if they're not going to do anything with them, they've killed all of their momentum in the last few months or so. So I'm fine if they stick together. I'm fine if they're feuding. Just got to do something with them because wasting them is a complete waste of their talent. But um, yeah, that, you bring up a good point. What they do with them afterward, I have no idea. Cody Rhodes, I think it would be a good I, contention. I think if they do eventually obviously break up, I think they, what they should do is – if this, I, this actually just came in my head when I was thinking Go about it. Go right ahead. Literally, they should probably do like SummerSlam. Wait till SummerSlam. Wait till something meaningful for a nice yes. mid card. Yes. Not... Put them in Money in the Bank or something. You yeah, know exactly. What I mean? Then maybe one screws the other one. Yes. But they should do because Goldust is not that done. They should have brother versus brother career match. Yes. Cody beats Goldust at SummerSlam. He goes, shakes his hand, gives Goldust his last hurrah, like he's out of the business, and then move Cody Rhodes on more, and yes. then Goldust is done. Yes. And that'd be a great match. Yes. And, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes, that makes a lot of sense because Goldust's contract runs out at SummerSlam. And he's not resigning. I don't think he should resign. No. I love Goldust. He's been looking great since his return. There's nothing left to do with him. I don't want to see him stick around and be right. used as like a as a joke. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> no, not not Kane, but because I mean like competing on superstars and losing like yeah. our truth. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a waste. So even if Cody Rhodes is a heel, I would love to do that. You keep him faced. Yes. Hashtag book, book it. it. WWE creative. Listen to it right now. Book that for SummerSlam. Book it. Knowing WWE, like I said, they'll put it in the pre-show for next week. <laughs> but I would love your scenario that they built it. Like with Sandow, they built that up. Yeah. You know what I mean? They had the whole turn at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. They had a good match at SummerSlam. The aftermath was terrible. That's besides the point. <laughs> the feud itself was very, very good. So from there, for the final few minutes, we'll be talking about the main event segment on this show. We had John Cena versus either Luke Harper. Luke Harper and Eric Rowan in a two-on-one handicap matchup, or the entire Wyatt family in a three-on-one handicap matchup, and the WWE Universe or the Cena haters voted the or WWE Creative. Or WWE Creative. I don't know. I've heard reports that it's not rigged, so I don't know what to believe. But either way, we got the three-on-one handicap matchup last night in the Raw. It was a solid matchup. Didn't I? Didn't it? Didn't bother me. It was okay. It didn't really wasn't all that exciting or any or anything. It was creepy. I think the highlight of that matchup was definitely Bray Wyatt's mannerisms, the singing, the dancing, the um, the exorcist walk thing that he does. I thought that was awesome. And the crowd didn't really sing with him when he was singing. He's got the whole world in his hands after the matchup and whatever. But um, aside from that, though, I thought this was great. Um, the match itself was very, very good. And the steel cage match, it helped build towards the steel cage matchup at Extreme Worlds, which I hope Ray Wyatt wins. Otherwise, this whole feud is a complete waste of time. 
because otherwise, what's the point in having John Cena go over twice? So, And I didn't like the fact that John Cena was on the verge of winning before they broke up the DQ. That didn't make any sense to me personally um, because John Cena was against all the odds and then he was just about to win before they broke it up. That didn't make any sense. But I thought it was, I thought it was DQ'd at the beginning. I thought they... Uh... DQ'd them for no, they didn't. No. Yeah, I was, I was like, what? Yeah, it was, it was a bit confusing, but uh, the big talking point here is what I want to talk about. Some people are saying, and the whole story now is that Bray Wyatt, that promo, because when you came in, I missed some of the promo, but apparently from what he said, um, he was saying that he's taking Johnson's fan base. Like, he's a cult leader, so it makes sense, yeah. but he's, like, hypnotizing them or brainwashing them, so to speak, and carrying them over to the, the dark side, you know what I mean? So, a lot of people are saying, oh, this means John Cena's turning heel. So, I don't see that happening. Maybe I don't see that happening ever, anytime soon. Ever. I said that around Survivor Series 2011 when he's going to turn on The Rock. Uh, WrestleMania last year, if he was going to turn on The Rock. The whole Rise Above Hate thing. Yeah. Uh, when he was feuding with CM Punk at Money in the Bank a couple years ago, I thought he would turn on CM Punk. I, there's so many missed opportunities for him to turn heel that I think at this point it's a running gag. Like, let's turn Cena heel. Uh, let's tease a Cena turn heel. Um, he'll turn here. So I, d- I don't see it happening. Um, so a lot of people should just give that up already. It's like Br- Bray Wyatt could also never turn face, I feel like. No, no, no. They're not going to do a double right, turn. He's always heel. Like, yeah, so. like there was a report like earlier today that was saying, oh, they'll wait, they'll wait until the Shield goes heel before um, Bray Wyatt goes face. But even then, I don't think the Shield should turn heel anytime soon. Yeah. They're great as faces. A lot of potential. They're money faces. Um, and Bray Wyatt is phenomenal as a heel. I think he could flourish as a face at some point down the line. He is popular, but for right now, he solo, should definitely... Yeah, yes, solo, yeah. But the thing is, like I said, the whole feud like right now is going, but what are they going to do with Cena after the feud? Is the yes. Family? If anything, if they do want to put Cena heel, like maybe have him with the Y family, maybe have something going, like maybe they actually get somewhere, like win the tag team titles, which could be something that's new. I hear a you. A new thing, and then maybe Cena screws Wyatt, and then they lose the titles, and then he's face again. I don't know. I feel like my Cena, only problem Cena's with that is that it would put Cena more over than Wyatt because it's like the re- it's like the whole Nexus thing when he joined Nexus and it, I, I was all for that. I thought it was awesome, but they botched it by having to destroy every freaking member of the Nexus yeah. every week. You know what I mean? And John Cena went over in the end. So if we want Bray Wyatt, and I think if Cena comes out on top in this feud, it's just pointless. Stupid. Exactly, it's a waste so, of time. I hear what you're saying, and I know it, it would be cool to see him like with the Wyatt family, but a lot of people know he'll just turn back face eventually. Because I feel like if once a Cena feud ends with Wyatt, he's, I feel like I don't Wyatt, know what he's going to do. Wyatt yeah. will get. I feel like Wyatt will get over and should get over. Yeah, Cena will have no direction. He'll be off to the side. I think Wyatt might go on a feud with Brian, which could I could definitely see because he's a top heel, and then maybe at SummerSlam could see. Brock versus Brian, but that's another story. But like at the after payback, maybe Money in the Bank have him wrestle against uh, Dana Bryan for the t- for the title, and that's I feel like Bray Wyatt obviously has more future with him because he's a heel, the yeah. top heel. Cena has a stale gimmick, which kind of kills him too. But like I feel like he has no direction after the Bray Wyatt feud. They probably obviously have a direction for him to Cena, but. In my yeah. head, I feel like they don't have anything for him. Yeah, Cena Cesaro, I guess, like I said, would make the most sense because yeah. everything else right now, Batista's leaving, Triple H is an, an active guy in the roster. Him and Orton, I would uh, no. We saw that like three months ago, and we've seen that like a million times. Cena and Orton, I don't need to see again. Um, him and Wyatt are feuding right now. What? I, could, I don't know. Maybe you could see it. Like, maybe like have them like fight, and maybe that could be like a number one contenders match for the title. Maybe. Know, something meaningful. Because, like I said, then they're not going to do anything with Orton now. Which is stupid. True. So maybe, if anything, maybe they do put him with Cena. We'll see. We've I, seen it before. Obviously, they've done other storylines. They've done it over and over again. It's always yeah. good. Like, we've seen, I've seen Orin versus Triple H a hundred times, but they've always had good matches, so yeah. I couldn't care less. 
So I feel like that's you could revitalize that feud, but they got the shield in there too. So I don't know what they'll do with yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. So we'll know. see. But uh, Jonathan, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Your thoughts on the main event match from last night and a potential, uh, quote unquote, seeing the heel turn. Do you think that's plausible? Cena will never turn heel, uh, in my opinion. Like you said, there was tons of opportunities in the past, and uh, it's just not likely at all. Uh, Bray Wyatt is a he's great in the ring, honestly. He's great on the mic. He's just an overall great talent. The dancing, the singing, uh, the crawling upside down. It's just, it's just brilliant. Uh, Bray Wyatt is brilliant. Uh, all of it. So, uh, We'll see what happens at Extreme Rules. We'll see what WWE has in store in the steel cage match. But uh, I don't see John Cena coming up on top. I see Bray Wyatt winning. Now, uh, afterward, once again, uh, I'm not too sure what happens after this. Like you said, Cesaro Cena, that would be great. But Bray Wyatt, uh, maybe the Wyatt family, like you guys said, could win some tag team gold. But uh, I'm not sure about Bray, what, uh, what's next in store for him. Yeah, only time will tell. Like we said before, RJ was pitching that they might do a rubber match at Payback, and if it, I think it, I don't think it would serve a purpose if John Cena went over in the rubber match. Like if Bray wins here and then Bray Wyatt wins there, or if Bray wins here and then Cena wins that there, makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. Bray Wyatt would have to get over him. Yeah, the feud needs to end. I think we can all agree on that. But just where they go from here is the biggest question. But uh, I don't know. Right now, we're just kind of in a holding pattern until Extreme Rules. Like we said before, Brian versus Kane. The match is happening. It's just kind of in the air as far as how they're going to build it and stuff like that. Um, Shield versus Evolution. I thought the build last night it wasn't terrible, but I thought it was. It wasn't as good as it was last week. You know what I mean? Like when they were beating the crap out of the Shield, and then tonight they're ha- they have to like you were saying at the start of the show yeah. before I think before the show started, like how they have to hide behind eleven people. You know what I mean? So um, any final thoughts? Rock the extreme final, rules. I was thinking. About, I was thinking about this. Also, like I feel like how like they've redone all the pay per views. It kind of screws up the whole schedule too. Like they used to have backlash and then yeah. Judgment Day. Yes, which Judgment Day used to be one of the best pay per views ever. I and love I f- backlash too. I love backlash too. But I feel like they should have done like they, if they kept the same concept, it would make more sense for Cena versus uh, Bray Wyatt and Judgment Day. It would make more sense, and that would end the feud. Like Judgment Day ended feuds. Yes, but payback. I get, it's like it's just a recycled. New PG era Judgment Day, which is not good at all. Yeah, payback is like another word for backlash. It's weird because they took all their old pay per views and gave them like lackluster names. And they gave them all dump names, and now no one cares. Like Battleground, who gives a shit? Bring me back. Bring me back King of the Ring and King of the Ring, No exactly. Mercy and Unforgiven. All yeah. Armageddon, like, come on. Like, yeah. All these new crappy generic names are awful. I think they should have had the King of the Ring pay-per-view in July instead of Battleground, to be honest with you. Exactly, and they need to get rid of, like, the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. That's so stupid. No, that's a waste. They should, instead a of having, waste. like, these, like, specialty pay-per-views, they should make feuds just random at DLC. these big pay-per-views. Exactly. They should have, like, these matches yeah. just at other pay-per-views. Yeah. Like, no one Doesn't cares. As much. The only one that should be the same is Money in the Bank. I always look forward to Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank is Money always, awesome. always a good show. Yes. So that's the only one that I would keep from the yes. new WWE PG era pay-per-views. Yeah. But besides that, um, Raw wasn't that good, but next week, hopefully it's better. Uh, Extreme Rules is in two weeks, not this coming. Yeah, so that, that just shocks yeah. me. Blows my mind. So... Now that I've seen that, maybe Brian will miss Raw, but I don't know. I, I thought when you said it, I thought it was next week, but then I looked at it, it's two weeks, so you yeah. could miss Raw, but I don't know. Um, besides that, hopefully Raw will be better next week for the pre, uh, week before episode of Extreme Rules. Match of the week, I'm just going to throw it out there. Orton versus Mick Foley, Backlash 2004 in a street fight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Very good match. And then 
Shout-outs. Shout-outs, as always. Right ahead. Molly, Shannon Martin, John Keane, Tim Bredberg, Mike Mandini, Alex Gommand, and Anthony Plant. Um, and at, at WrestleRant. Get a follow. <laughs> um, Shout-outs. Manders88. Uh, Shout-out Brian Sussingham. Uh, those are the two most important people in my life. Perfect. Sounds wow. great, boys. And also, uh, also confirmed for next week's Raw, it's been confirmed that Guilty Pleasure in my ear, Hugh Jew Jackman will be on next week's Raw. I like the whole thing with Zack Ryder from a couple years ago, so I'm glad <laughs> that he'll be on Raw. So um, I don't know what he'll do. He was doing something with Damian Sandow and Dolph Ziggler, but uh, that's next week's Raw. We have Teenage Sacrifice on Sunday, who <laughs> we spent all of zero minutes on. No one cares about that anyway. I didn't even know the pay-per-view was this Sunday, to be honest with you. I don't even think we'll review that next week because... Uh, so here's the Who's deal. Who's in the title match? What? Who's in the title match? Um, Eric Young and Magnus, a rematch of the title. That was. It's funny though because the matches they have on the show, um, the matches they have set up for the show, it looks more like Extreme Rules than Extreme Rules does because they have an I Quit match between Storm and Gunner. They have a tables match between Rude and uh, Ray. They have a committed match between Mr. Anderson and Samuel Shaw. Who the hell's that? <laughs> well, who is that or what is that? Both. Sam, I know it's yeah. committed like the psych hospital. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. It's, well, it's TNA. What do you expect? You know what I mean? What's Angle doing? I think he's he's in a tag team match against EC3 and Rockstar Spud with Willow. Stupid. <laughs> I hate Willow. Oh, my God. That's why I don't watch TNA because it sucks. So, yeah, TNA Sacrifice on Sunday. Um, don't think we'll be reviewing it next week. You know, just stay tuned for that. If you're a TNA fan, I'm sorry. I'll have my review up on my website anyway. But uh, even still, though, that that's this Sunday. We don't. We probably won't have time to talk about it next week because uh, I botched this last on the last show. But when we were talking, but um, so next week, April 29th, a uh, good friend of mine, Bold Dread, will be on for a brief interview at the start of the show. Pro wrestler here in the Northeast area, so we'll be talking to him at the start of the show. We'll be talking Raw. We got Extreme Rules, so we'll be doing Extreme Rules. Might have to extend Raw like half an hour then. What? We're going to extend the show like half an hour. Oh, no, like, we'll, I, need we'll rant. We'll I need a rant. So. If Raw's not all that memorable, we'll just be talking Extreme Rules. So right, we'll see. Yeah, we can always go overtime this if we need to. This is therapy, so needs to get it out. Yeah, Seriously. Of course. So we got him on April 29th. The New England Championship Wrestling Show here in Beverly is happening not on May 3rd, but on May 10th. I screwed that up. That's it's the iron. I know I botched it. I'm wrong. Moved. I thought the pay per view was in mid May. I don't know. They're screwing with me. Grammys look at the schedule. Folks. I know. I know. So yeah, NECW show on May 10th. So to promote that, we've got the promoter of the organization. We've got Shelton Goldberg here on the show on May 3rd. The following week after that is our final show. I think. Mm. I, no, it's May May 6th. May twelfth. May twelfth is yeah. The last show. Is the last show. Yeah. So Ooh. we got more. Uh, we got more no- news and notes on that as the uh, as it comes closer. So that being said, though, uh, Jonathan, thank you for joining us for one thing. Thank you for talking Raw Network, all that good stuff. Um, we'll hopefully, have you back on here at some point in the near future. So before we let you go, make sure to plug your Facebook, Twitter, all that great stuff. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's great, great talking with uh, with both of you guys. And uh, just check out on YouTube, Mr. WWE Report, Wrestling News, Previews, and Predictions. Uh, and uh, on Twitter, at KillaJF for live tweeting during wrestling shows, some other sports events, tweeting there. And uh, also on Twitter, Mr. WWE Report as well for some links uh, on the videos that are posted on YouTube. 
Sounds good, brother. Thanks again for joining us. And also, like I said before, we got Boldred on April 29th, Shelton Goldberg on May uh, May 3rd, and then May – or that's May 6th, I'm sorry. Then May 12th is our final show. So on the Twitter, WrestleRant, Facebook, uh, Graham Jason Matthews, YouTube, same thing, Bleacher Report, same, same thing. thing. For the archived editions, go to nextairawrestling.weebly.com for the full-hour show, every show dating back to October. The whole stuff's up there, so make sure to go check it out. Check and it also, out. the uh, final thing, of course, WrestleRant airs every Tuesday night right here on EC Radio, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time, right here on EC Radio. So make sure to check it out every Tuesday night. We go live, like I said last week, interview, raw review, extreme rules predictions, big show lined up for next Jesus, week. Jesus, might have beef it up. You we got it, it brother. Lots of WrestleRant we predictions might have to, next We week. might have to expand the show for next week for our Extreme Rules <laughs> predictions. I don't know. we got a lot to talk about next week. But with all that being said, guys, thank you for joining us. We'll see you right next week. Team WWE, here. baby. Screw TNA. Believe in the Shield. <laughs> we'll see you back don't here next Tuesday night. Thanks for joining us, folks. This is Graham Jason Matthews signing, signing out. Signing off.